Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. Good. Um, as we finish up our series, uh, we've been talking about biblical characters. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about Peter today. And we've been talking about the, the importance of how to navigate some of the valleys that we go through. If there's one thing that I think is consistent with humanity, it's that we all go through some form of suffering <laughs> at one point or another. Uh, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care the job title you hold. I don't care whether you're young or you're old, that everyone has experienced some sort of grief, trauma, pain. It's part of it, right? Life is, it has this weird ebb and flow of how things go. Uh, <laughs> the universal thought is that things, you know, waves come in three, right? Uh, that tends to be a weird thing, but bad things tend to happen in three. And so we've been looking at biblical characters and how they've navigated really some of those highs and some of those lows. And so Peter is no exception to the rule. One of the uh, earliest apostles, disciples of Jesus, um, would go on to do incredible things. Uh, the, the church would uh, essentially, and Jesus says, build, you know, Peter, I'm going to build my rock <laughs> You know, my church on you, you know, the foundation. And, um, but the problem is, is Peter, uh, like most of us, uh, often got in his own way. And so we're going to look at the life of Peter and some of the, the things that he did that seemed kind of weird. Um, but if you think about it, it's not. <laughs> I mean, he, he has those moments where he does incredible things, and then he has those moments where he really just of uh, messes it up. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like and the redeeming qualities uh, that Christ brings to the table. Uh, so before we get started, I'm going to just ask you just let's pray. Uh, take a minute to calm yourself, focus yourself, and I'll pray.
God is always like, I thank you so much for who you are. You know, as much as it's difficult to say, I do thank you for the valleys because the, the valleys force me to focus on what really matters. It's amazing how sometimes the hardest moments of our life can really put things into perspective. And I pray and I ask this morning that your spirit moves in a way that's just powerful. God, let us see and understand that you really are the God of all things. You understand. You know. You have a plan. You're not, you're not confused. You're not lost, even when we are. And I pray, as always, you protect the words that come out of my mouth and those who hear that, God, it's always more of you and less of me. And thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. And it's something to pray. Amen. I, um, I woke up this morning, and uh, I'll be honest, I was struggling. I, you know, I try to do as much sermon prep as you can. Uh, usually when I, uh, if you ever, if you walk into my office, there's like a six-month calendar on my wall. And, and I think I've, I've talked about this before. Part of that is just my process. Like my, I'm a very logical person, so my brain has to have time to think on things to, you know, allow my creative juices to flow. Um, for those of you who can, like, look at a blank uh, canvas and see a painting, I look at a blank canvas and see a blank canvas. <laughs> like, that's it. That's, that's what my brain is. And, and so... I'm always excited and, and to get up and, and to share what I feel God is telling me. And then I woke up this morning and, and God was like, hey, we're going to change direction. And I'm like, yeah, hold on. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and the one thing that I've learned in my life is um, when things happen suddenly, it kind of throws me off. But, but I've always been, God has always showed up when he was supposed to. He's uh, never been late. And so I've learned in my life that when he calls me to do something, uh, really the, the best thing for me to do is to be obedient to that. And, and so one of the things, looking at, at, trying to figure out how to approach the life of Peter, and listen, there, there's so many different directions I think we can go. Peter did some incredible things. He really did. Um, the day of Pentecost, he stands up and delivers the sermon that cuts to the heart the crowd and thousands of people give their life to Jesus. Uh, he's part of the original apostles that started the process of taking the gospel you know, to, to the ends of the earth. He, he, he said incredible things like this. Uh, Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who the crowds say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Uh, Other gospels say you're the son of God, you're you're the savior. He he acknowledges, right, He, he acknowledges who Jesus is in his entirety. And, and Jesus is like, you're right, amazing, like spot on. And, and then you continue to read in John or Luke chapter 9, 
Jesus goes on. It says, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell uh, this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day he would be raised to life. And he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And, and so Jesus is, is having this conversation with, with you know, the disciples, right? And at one point, uh, Jesus says, yeah, I'm going to die. And, and Peter says, no, that, that's never going to happen. And, and his response, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, so, so Jesus, or Peter has this, this high moment of, he acknowledges that, that Jesus is the Son of God. And then the next moment when Jesus says, listen, you don't know this yet, but, but I'm going to have to die for you. And, and Peter's like, no way. That's not going to happen. And, 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 and Jesus rebukes him. Praise in one moment, rebuke in the next. Peter had this incredible ability to be short-sighted. He couldn't, he couldn't always see the long-term focus. When, when Jesus gets arrested... After the supper, as he's being arrested, Peter is the one who lops off the ear of one of the soldiers. He pulls out a sword, fights. And so this happens, and, and Jesus has to correct him, right? So, so Peter, just he's short-sighted. And, and, you know, even when God or Jesus says to Peter, you're going to deny me, Peter's like, there's, there's no way that's ever going to happen. I, I'll never deny you, up to, up to the point of death, I'll go with you. And then you get to the book of Luke. Jesus gets arrested. And Peter denies him. It says, then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house. The high priest and Peter followed at a distance. And when some were there, he kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and he had sat down together. Peter sat down with them. The servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked at him closely at him and said, the man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour, an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him. For he's a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Peter had this, this, this passion to, to follow after Jesus. In the moment, in the, in the heat of the moment, right? I'm going to, to the death, I promise, I'm going to be with you to, to the very, very end. And, and when push comes to shove, Peter, Peter would deny it. He, he was short-sighted. He, he couldn't see. He couldn't understand. I mean, just um, put, your, put yourself in his place. Hanging out with Jesus, 
He's seeing all these incredible things. He's watching as people follow what would be one of his best friends. And, and Jesus says, listen, you don't understand that, that I have to die. I, I would hope that if one of my friends was telling me that they were going to have to die for me, I'd be like, no. <laughs> like, why would you do that? And, and, and so I, I don't necessarily blame Peter because I, I think that he's a good friend. He's a good follower. He, he's defending his Savior. But, but when we live in, in that short-sighted mindset, I think we miss out on some of the incredible things that God can do. I think about the life of Peter and how he felt after that denial. I know the rooster crows and find himself outside weeping bitterly. And then since Jesus would go on to be crucified, nothing was going to stop that. Jesus could have, but, but he didn't. And, and I think sometimes that, that our valley, it's, it's not, I don't think it's always suffering. I'm not saying we don't suffer, because I think that's, we do, but, but I think sometimes our valley is we can't see past ourselves. Listen, I'm guilty of that. I am. There's things that I like. There's things that I want. There's things that, that I want to accomplish in my life. They're, you know, social media drives me nuts. I see people who, you know, they go on vacation, and they're in crystal clear waters and in the Bahamas. And I'm thinking, man, that'd be cool. <laughs> I want to go to the Bahamas. I see people that go to Disney World. I think, why would you do that? <laughs> like, that just looks chaotic to me, Right? But, but, but I, I, I live, if I'm not careful, I, I can be very short-sighted because I, I only can see what's in front of me, and sometimes I can only see what I want to see. I, I allow myself to get in my own way. That, that, that's a valley that, that I think we struggle with because we just, we want to be part of something great. I think society proves that. We, we want to be on the winning team. We want to be on the mountaintop. We want to have the most money. I mean, think about it as, as a young man that was almost drilled into my head. Get a good job. Make lots of money. Buy the Corvette. I can't even fit in a Corvette. <laughs> but but, 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 but that's, what, that's what we're told is, is, is to do, be everything you can be. Fight for it. Step over whoever gets in your way. And, and, I, and I struggle with that because my, my human nature is all about me. Peter did incredible things, but in the moment that he did stupid things, the moment that he said stupid things, is because he wanted what he wanted. He wanted Jesus not to go to the cross. He wanted his friend to not have to die. He, he was excited because he called him the Son of God, the Messiah, and he was praised for it. And in the very next conversation, he gets rebuked because he couldn't see past himself. It, when, the, when their church started out and they started reaching to the masses, Peter was the one who was reluctant 
to take it to the Gentiles. He didn't see the bigger picture. He, he, he was living in this, this thought of why well, I'm here for the Jews. That, that's why God sent us. And, 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 and Paul would be the one who would come along and, and say, no, listen, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than us. And, and so Peter has all of these ups and downs. And towards the end, as Jesus is taken away, and as Jesus is being tried, Peter denies it. Listen, it's, it's, it's easy. Oh, man. I love when God does what he does, but if I'm honest, it's tough. Because everything we do, it's not about us anyways. I read a quote earlier this week that it really didn't hit me until this morning. And I actually shared it. Um, it says the only thing that you have to offer God that he hasn't given you yet is your worship. Every, every other aspect of my life. Everything that, that, that I have, everything that I own, every part of my being, all of my talents, all of my everything. It's God. He gave it all to me. I, I literally have nothing without him. And the only thing I have left to give him is my worship. And, and listen, I'm not just talking about like singing songs. Don't get me wrong. That, that's part of it. But worship is so much bigger than just singing some songs on a Sunday morning. Worship is this idea that my life is now not my own. My valley sometimes is that I forget that. That I, that I make it about me. And, and it's really easy to do because we live in a world that talks about self a lot. I mean, we, we literally have an entire era of social media, which is all about you. Take pictures. Take pictures of all the food that you eat. Take pictures of all the vacations that you. It, it's all about you because that, that's what our culture wants it to be about. What makes you happy? How do you feel? And, and God is on the other end of the spectrum saying, no, 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 it's all about me. You would have nothing if it wasn't for me. You would have no life, no eternity, no hope. No future, nothing. And all he asks for us to do is to give him our life. I think sometimes when we talk about Christianity, we love, we love grace. And, we, and I love grace. Thank God for grace. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, one of the, uh, there's a Greek word, that he says in the text, it says, uh, telestai. 
and I know that I've talked about this before, um, Telestai at the time was written on uh, debt that had been paid off. So if you were a tax collector, someone owed you money, you would write Telestai in big red letters. You know, you know, you you you've been paid for. <laughs> the debt's gone. And and so the moment that Jesus is hanging on the cross, he is he's dying, and he says these words: "It is finished." By the way, that's that's what it translates in English. It is finished. And, and so what he's saying to the, the mass of people standing at the cross is that your debt has been paid. None of them, I don't want to say none. I'm going to say most of them didn't understand how powerful that moment was. I, I'm going to say that you and I don't understand how powerful that moment is. That the sin debt that we have, which is the consequence of death, has been paid for on the cross. Your life was bought with a price. Jesus didn't just do it, and it was easy. His sacrifice was difficult. He knew what he had to do. He knew that his death was necessary. Peter didn't see it. Peter didn't want to see it. It's so easy to live and be... All about me. It's easier now than ever. The reason why we come together on a Sunday morning should be to remind us that it's not about us. Yes, you were bought. Yes, you were saved. Yes, grace is real. Yes, God wants to redeem you. But he did it for his glory. He did it so we could worship him. He did it for his praise. He did it because he loved you, but it was all about him. And, and, and I think that if we're not careful, we can make it all about us. I know. It's easy to do that. It's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture. That, that, that's what it is to, to have vision, is, is to see something bigger than ourselves. When I think about my kids and, and the things we try to teach them as a parent, it's because I know more than they do, believe it or not. I, I've been through life a little bit. And, and, you know, listen, I have people in my life who are older than me that, that I have to learn to submit sometimes and trust their leadership. I, I can tell you for a fact I love the elders at our church. Because almost weekly I'm on a conversation with at least one of them about, hey, this is where I'm at. Where do I need to go? And it's not that I don't trust myself, but as I trust them more. <laughs> I trust that as they shepherd this church, they shepherd me as well. They, they help me understand. And a lot of times they allow me to see stuff that I can't see because of my nearsightedness. Because when something happens, I'm quick to make it about me, and I have to realize that it's not about that. Peter didn't quite understand that. He would. He would eventually understand what needed to be done. He would go on to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, so much so that he was killed for it. 
Listen, this might be a, a weird, I don't even think it's weird, but <laughs> when someone asked me, what am I doing, what am I willing to do to further the kingdom of God, die for, it's on the table. I know that's, that's tough, man. <laughs> we don't want to think about that. We don't want to do anything that makes us uncomfortable. I'll go to church as long as it's convenient. I go to church as long as there's nothing else that needs my attention. I'll give my life to Jesus. I gotta clean my stuff up first. I give my life to Jesus, but I'm not giving that up. I, I'll follow Jesus at all costs, but I refuse to talk to my neighbor about him. Man, I love when God forgives me, but I refuse to forgive you. You find yourself in the valley, you get mad at God. I don't think that's always a bad thing. But I think if you're not careful, you can lose sight of the fact that he's still God. We'd love to praise him on the mountaintop. And we curse him in the valley. He's never changed. He's never wavered. He's never stopped being God. He's never stopped caring about you and I. Peter messed up quite a few times. You and I are going to mess this up more often than we want to admit. It's a work in progress, man. I, if you're, if you, I, I'm just being honest. If your mentality is that, you know, if, you're, if you don't have the thought process that I'm growing as a Christian to the day that I die, then I think you're missing the point. If you think that while you're alive, you've somehow reached the peakness of Christianity, that somehow now that you're perfect, I think you need to be reminded that some of the greatest men in Scripture, Peter included, messed up. But the, the beauty of that is that you and I screwing this up doesn't change God's plan. Not one bit. Salvation still has come through the cross. The world will one day be redeemed. I always tell people, you know, they ask, what do you think about Revelation? I'm like, well, we win. <laughs> That's what I know. I mean, we could go in depth, but, but I know we win. I, I know that we look at the culture, we look at the world around us, and, and it scares us, and, and not that we shouldn't be concerned, but at the same time, I know it's coming. I know what Jesus is going to do. My hope is that those people realize that before it's too late. Because my Bible tells me no matter what, you're bowing down to the king. <laughs> and, and, and so that, that, that has to be our mindset. We, we have to think bigger. Is Yes, we know Jesus is coming, so what are we doing to get ready for it? How are we preparing for it? How are we trusting God to move in our lives, in our church, in our community? If we really... If we really want to see God do something incredible, sometimes we have to get out of the way. Because we get in our own way. Peter got in his own way. He, he would do incredible things and then screw it up with something stupid. But it never changed the plan. Jesus still went to the cross. Jesus still died for sinful. Redemption still won.
There's a moment after Jesus has been resurrected that he has an incredible conversation with Peter. And, and I've always found it interesting that it's not, Jesus, it's not Peter who initiates the conversation. Jesus is resurrected. He's shown himself. And finally, finds himself eating a meal with some of his disciples. So John 21, 15 through 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. <clears throat> wanted. When, when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And he said, follow me. Three times, Peter denied Christ. Three times he was redeemed. I love that. <laughs> Jesus restored him. And that, that's what he does. Because, because our, our broken humanity, our self-focus, our, our desire to, to be all about us, as much as it pains us, doesn't stop God from using us. But that, that's the beauty of the gospel. I said, I, I don't deserve to be here. I don't. For some reason, God has given me the ability to stand here and do this. And there are moments when I'm like, why? <laughs> because I don't deserve this. You and I don't deserve any of this. But he did it anyways. He saw the bigger picture. He saw the redemption could only be found through him. He saw and understood that a sacrifice had to be made that you and I couldn't do. He saw a life worth saving. A soul worth redeeming. And the best way for me to love him is to give him everything I've got. To stop making it about me. It's not about me anyways. I had to say it's not about you either. My life my purpose, my existence is to bring glory, all glory to the one who made me. Because for every time that I've denied Jesus, he's redeemed me.
For every time that I've stumbled, he's carried me. For every missed opportunity, he's brought me another. For every person that I've failed to share the gospel with, he's rebuked me. It's because he loves me. He, he wants to see He wants to see people come to him more than you and I do. The moment he died on the cross, he saw all of sinful humanity. He took all of that sin upon himself in order to offer redemption and grace. And for those of us who understand that, my goal, my focus is to help you understand you're not perfect. Neither am I. But redemption's right here. <laughs> Salvation is at hand. Listen, following Jesus isn't always unicorns and rainbows. It's tough. The world hates us. I don't care. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you because Jesus loves you. It's not always easy. There's going to be valleys. There's always going to be valleys. But, but in the valley, God's always the same. Even when we don't see it, God sees the bigger picture. And, and that, is, that is all I want. is for the people in this community and for the people of this church and for the people in my own lives, family, friends, to know Jesus and to know hope. As flawed as I am in the delivery sometimes, all I ask is that God continue to use me and that I trust him enough to let him. I had a thought last Sunday after church. I was thinking about David and Goliath. David's a cool character, man, a cool biblical character. Go on to do some incredible things. One of the biggest things that you know we talk about is his slaying of the giant Goliath. It's funny because since I've been in the church, every time anyone asks me to help represent David and Goliath, no one ever asked me to be David, which is kind of disappointing. I always got to be the bad guy. I, uh, I remember when we were in uh, we were in Greece and we did like a, a human skit for uh, this gypsy camp that we were at and no one spoke English and of course we did David and Goliath because that story resonates a lot with kids and uh, so the young man that struck me down was probably about yay tall and I fell over and I remember all the kids laughed and, and I was like great it was laughing at me and uh, and they were I mean, they were. And uh, one of the kids in somewhat broken English is like, ah, giant fall. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, uh, compared to all of you, right? I mean, so I, I love the story of David and Goliath. And as I thought about what it, what it means to follow God, what it means to be... And maybe it's conceited, I don't know, but am I living a life that they would write about in the Bible? Am I living in such a way 
that you know Hebrews 11 is the, the heroes of faith. Would I make the list? And so I, I thought about this, and I was kind of thinking on it, and then this thought popped in my head, and my whole prayer in life is that when God asked me to take on Goliath, I hope I trust him enough to just show up with a stone. He is able to do anything, and he chooses us to be part of it. <laughs> but when my Goliath comes, I hope I have faith enough to just show up with a rock. Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonview, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing on our people, in our community, in our church. All right, later.